0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have the lovely Miss Ashley joining us. We'll be covering off things all in the influencer world, influencer marketing, content creation. If you've ever had questions about that being like, what should I look for in an influencer? If I'm a business, what metrics do I need? If I'm an influencer, like what do businesses look for? How can I tie in and work together in that sphere? Then this is the episode for you. And of course, if we can ever help you accelerate that into of stuff that you're doing with some paid ads, hit us up, marketingmogul.com.au. But until then, let's jump into the show. thank you so much for joining us appreciate you making the time
1: thank you for having me kim
0: absolute pleasure now first things first whenever i have someone on i always like to know and ask them the question that if i met you at a party and we're just chatting and i said what is it that you actually do what's the go-to answer
1: i would say that i help people influence uh, with impact. So, I think that we all have influence in the world, but it's how we use it that is more impactful. Um, and people are usually like, what do you mean you're an influencer? I remember a couple of months ago, I was at an event um, and I had recently like lost my job and it was the first time where someone said, hey, I'm so-and-so, what's your name? And I said, hi, my name's Ashley, and I'm an influencer. And it was the first time that I actually stepped into it and owned it. So, that was a pretty awesome feeling. So, I'm an influencer, and I take pretty photos and put them on Instagram.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I take ugly photos and put it on Instagram. It's my, my jam. <laughs> so, break it down a little bit for us. So, being the term influencer, obviously, sometimes people have... <laughs> heard that term in maybe certain contexts, mm-hmm. and they already have like a preconceived idea on what they believe in what an influencer is. Yeah. What's, like, if what would be your definition of well, an influencer? I,
1: I can see how that can happen, because you know, in any industry there are people that ruin it for others, and, and I think that's what the media picks up is they always look for the influencer that's doing something wrong, or has said something uh, a bit out of line, or done something that's a bit controversial, and that's what, you know, gets the clicks. But I would say that, you know, an influencer is someone who is able to connect with an audience and have real impact in the world and share things that are important to them, but also bring people together as a community. Like it's, being able to you know yeah you can post pretty photos on Instagram but there's so much more to it than that and you can make a business out of it
0: mm, I like that I like that and especially with the bu- ability to make a business out of it I think is where for me like going back when because uh, I've had many people in the past that were you know making like courses on being influencers mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff and then they're like oh yeah well, like we want to try and do this and I was like well, what's the actual like model here that's going to work for you to be able to help someone because as you say like you do, you can't I mean, you probably can just post pretty pictures and get paid and, and whatnot and, and have it as a business. But if you want to take it into the, like, the actual impact like you shared there, you've got to have a slightly different approach.
1: Yeah, you've got to have some substance to you and, you know, care about what's going on in the world and, and have the conversations with people. And it was about, you know, I started my journey through pageants and that's how I grew an online platform on Facebook and then Instagram. And... I realized about four years ago that I'm not going to just be posting bikini photos on Instagram for the rest of my life. And when I had that realization, I was like, I need to start thinking about my future and how what I do now is going to impact that later. And am I serving myself for future me? And so I then started changing the way that I was posting and showing up in the online space and also putting my hand up to do things. In real life as well. So as much as public speaking and all of that absolutely would scare the hell out of me back then, I had to push through that awkwardness and the being uncomfortable to get comfortable um, and and get used to it so that I could see, like, okay, I want to have a future in this and you know, ride this train for as long as I can. And there are only a few that do take it seriously and go the extra mile to make it a business for themselves. And I thought, okay, you know, my husband's a photographer, it's the perfect partnership we can make this work for the long run and see how long we can make it run for and um, yeah so I changed the way that I was posting and showing up online and and it worked in my favor and it took two years for that switch and you know the things that happen you see that maybe your engagement starts to go down because you're doing something different and your audience aren't used to that so they're used to seeing me show up in a bikini and they're like where's the tips and ass photos we didn't come here for this but the thing is if if you need to pivot and, you you know, if you have a vision for where you want your online um, or your personal brand to go, you need to think about that and remember that you want to repel the people that you don't want a part of your community anymore. It's okay because you serve them during that time, but now you're moving to a different stage in your life. And so, it's okay to let those followers go. And if half of that following left overnight, I would be okay with that because I knew that it was helping my future self.
0: And you're keeping the good people around.
1: Exactly. And ever since I've been stepping into more of, you know, sharing my influencer tips and Instagram tips online my audience has been seeing the value in that and my audience has been growing again. It was a bit stagnant for a couple of years when I was working full-time in corporate and um, and that was because there was no consistency there. But now I'm able to show up and, yeah, and serve my audience.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned there that you've been sharing more tips for influencers on Instagram and whatnot as well. Not, sorry, for influencers, but for brands tying in and connecting yeah. with them as well. What have been some of the big um, mistakes that you've kind of noticed, obviously, being in... Probably a very new industry being the world of influencer marketing, if we want to categorize it as that. And that's still quite new and you've already been in there for, you know, almost five years. Yeah. What have you noticed as things that maybe a few business owners, they kind of miss when they're like, oh, I'm going to go get influencers and I'm going to do this sort of stuff. What are some of the mistakes that they make that you've seen, whether it be in their approach or once they've hired someone?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something I hear a lot from, from small businesses, especially asking, I don't know what to do. And the common thing is I hear that they have so many influencers reach out to them that they feel like that. So let's say if they had a hair, a product, I'm going to say a, a hairbrush, for example, it's my go-to thing. <laughs> let's say they had a hairbrush and 50 influencers reach out to them, but they're actually just targeting every single brand that they can find on the gram that they see, like, does collaborations. And they're just seeing how many freebies that they can hit up and score. Um, and yeah, and, and try and. Get the freebie that way. Um, And what the small business doesn't realize is that they don't have to collaborate with every single person that reaches out to them. Say that you have, um, you know, a quota that you have each month of your influencer allowance. Say that, oh, if you would like um, to work together, we have a a code that you can use if you agree to do a post um, to show us that you know you you can do the work. Because it's all well and good to say that I want to collaborate with you as an influencer, but you need to prove that you can actually do the work and create quality content and you've got a hot audience, you know?
0: And so w- w- with that, as you mentioned, using the code and whatnot, and, and really that comes down to like tracking the metrics, right? Mm. Making sure that influencer, because it's, as you said, it's all good to have someone doing a post for you. But if that yeah. doesn't correlate to a positive movement in some way, shape or form, it's like it's kind of not not a waste, but it's like the, the agreement I think on both parts can kind of fall down. So how do you categorize the difference then, for example, between content creation and then like influencer marketing? Because obviously someone could create some awesome content for yeah. you as a business that, that I can then go and use, which is epic, or I'm, I'm hiring them to, to use their influence. Like how do you kind of separate those two type of things?
1: Well, I've been doing this… On Instagram now for 10 years and so I, I know my audience I know really well what works and you know sometimes I may not get it right you may think a campaign is gonna do really well and then it's just like cricket cricket <laughs> but the goal is as an influencer you want to serve the brand or you know make sure that all the deliverables are met and that it is a really successful campaign when you're having those discussions you need to understand all the questions get all the answers understand the brief the brand needs to also have a brief and know what they want out of it. So, I can read a brief and think, okay, I think this is going to be better as a campaign for you as a content creator rather than me posting. I I don't think my audience will, you know, it it wouldn't really make sense for me to be posting this right now. Um, I'll I'll give an example. Um, Let's say a baby album if someone had a baby album. I have kids, so why would I post that on my Instagram? However, if someone was doing a campaign shoot for photos on their Instagram or their socials, we could easily do some posy photos with me going through a booklet and showing off, you know, pretty hands and the and the book and everything. But I would prefer that they approach someone that's actually pregnant and give them that opportunity. So I ask the questions of what they want to get out of it, you know, finding out the deliverables, what it is, the expectations. Um, yeah. And so, so there, there's a big difference between finding out the, the content creation and and influencer marketing. And I like to be able to have creative say in what I do and when the brand allows me to do that that's when I think it suits my Page and I think it would do really well and it's always things that are outside of the box that do really well on my page because it grabs people's attention and it lets me have fun with it.
0: Yeah, unless you be more of your natural self, exactly. right? Exactly. Rather than like, oh, you can do this but you're put in a box and that's the yeah. parameters you have
1: yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: and so for someone, if they're going out there and maybe they've found a good person to work with and they're not really sure on the outcomes that they should be looking for, i.e., like, what sort of metrics should they be? If I said, hey, okay, I'm, I'm working with, I want to say you, but not you like I'm working with you as an influencer I want to know how successful it is what metric should I ask you for to see how successful it was from your side of things obviously you've got codes and tracking that yeah. pass back but if like I said cool um, I want you to do a one photo of my hairbrush <laughs> on your Instagram and it works with your um, like your theme and everything like that so then if I said like what should I be asking for to see how well it worked and whatnot to, to measure my success
1: yeah so usually an influencer will have a media kit I actually have managed who does all the coordination of my partnerships? However, influencers that do this by themselves, they would have a media kit that would include all the metrics, like their insights as to who their audience are. So, you, like you're not going to engage with an influencer perhaps that has a ninety percent male following because you want to sell your hairbrush, and you're not going to get as many reach to. A male following, are you? <laughs> yeah, um, however, and also um, it's up to the influencer to include perhaps a campaign that they've done that's quite similar that they know is going to work really well. Uh, you would probably engage with a, a mummy blogger or a beauty blogger because they're the ones that are already in that world and they know what works with their audience. And so, them like, yeah, um, or for example, like I've even done a a hair curling campaign recently and I knew because one of the questions that I'm always asked, yes I actually am always asked this, is (laughs) how do I kill my hair? And so I was able to show my audience finally here you go here's a tutorial i know what i'm already being asked i need to pay attention to what my audience asks from me they want to see from me and so i knew that this was going to be i was confident in knowing that i could you know do the deliverables and make it a successful campaign for them so really the influencers should be confident in in knowing their audience too
0: yeah for sure i love that i think that's always important for anything that you do it's like you need, yeah. you need to know the market that you're going towards and so for someone then if they're going out and looking for influencers or people that have influence and can make a positive impact is their pathos or is their credit in going cool I want to go for the absolute <laughs> biggest account the account that's got like the million followers <laughs> versus the account that's got like 750 followers like what's the what's your viewpoint on that for, for the people watching on this thing?
1: I wouldn't just be looking for the person that has the most amount of followers and thinking that they are your golden ticket to success because micro-influencers are hot and up and coming, and they have seen the way that the influencers that already paved the way have worked and what works, what doesn't, and they're taking notes and they're getting these great brand deals and being recognized by them. And so, I would really consider engaging with these micro-influencers and giving them a chance as well. Don't completely wipe them out because they're working on their audience. They really want to be noticed by brands. And so, I would... Definitely not be thinking, okay, this person, like it actually happens to me a lot. People think that because I we take great photos and that I um, do have a big following that I'm the right person for them, but I know straight away that I'm not. So, don't just think that because someone has a big following that they're the right influencer for you because it's not always the case.
0: Yeah, 100%. And like you're saying, there, I always get asked people like when they're looking at their like the assets that they have, like databases and things like that. And someone's like, yeah, I have a 100,000-person database. And I'm like, well, that's well and, all well and good. And I can send out emails to that all day. And they're like, I want to charge you X to send this out. And I'd be like, well, like, do you have the exact person that I'm looking for? Because I'd rather have 10 people that are my ideal audience that want what I have than 100,000 kind of lukewarm people that may or may not want it and it may or may not be right for them. So, that's where I think especially in the world of the micro-influencers where maybe they've been doing something over the last year or two and maybe their following is not huge, but it's like most of the time it's going to probably be a pretty curated audience. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And also, like yesterday, I was asked by a well-known company. If I would be interested in working with them and ask for my rates, it was on an influencer platform where you can apply for jobs. And, and I was invited to apply for this campaign. And in my bio, it says that I'm vegetarian and they wanted me for a campaign for hot chicken. <laughs> so but their their audience number that they wanted was between 50,000 to 100,000 I'm like guys like just so they've purely just looked at the number they haven't even checked out my profile and looked into my account they've just like put me in a basket she's got a big and it's like no get to know me first you know <laughs>
0: exactly because there might be some like uh, Dan's cooking page over here yeah. who's got who all he does is cook chicken only, maybe yeah. he only has 1,500 people, but they all love hot chicken, yeah. right? That, that would probably be a better one to do. And, I, yeah, I know uh, for a fact that I see when people do that, I'm like, oh, it doesn't really make any sense no,
1: at, at all. I and you see. can tell. And your audience will know. So can you imagine if then next week I'm doing a chicken post, people are like, ah, uh, girl, aren't you vegetarian? Yeah. Mm, that doesn't make sense. What are you doing? And then it's like you're you. Then you get called out for being a cash grabber. Yeah. So you just you would not you know what you should be taking on and and yeah. So yeah, don't be don't be looking at the influencers with the big followings just to think that they're the golden ticket. Yeah.
0: So it's like it's a it's a fair play on both sides. It's like obviously the people when they're looking to hire, us, like do your research first. But also if you are a influencer or inspiring influencer, again, like do you, do your research and your work first, and and try and find out what's going to be best for everyone.
1: Absolutely. And I can't even tell. The amount of the first thing I do in the morning is send out no thank you emails, and it's really hard because you you want to please everyone and you don't want to you worry about like letting people down. But at the same time, I, I've learned to say no um, a long time ago through doing this because I know how much I can take on and I know what works, what my audience will enjoy, what I genuinely will love, and I can just tell. So I always have to yeah spend the morning. Saying thank you, but no thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> well,
0: look, it's, there's a, I think it's a, there's a small book, and I think it's called The Art of the Art of the Good Life or something like that, or Art of the Simple Life. And one of the biggest things in it that it shares is about the power of saying no and, and understanding that because everyone's like, oh, well, you know, like and some people, maybe if they're aspiring, like, oh, I need to take these deals. Like, I need to, like, generate income. I need yeah. to generate influence and, and try and accelerate things. When in most scenarios, it's actually better. So, for example, like um, Warren Buffett, Uh, one of the richest men in the world, if you have a pitch opportunity with Warren Buffett, he's notorious for saying no. So he only gives anyone ever one opportunity. Wow. So if you get to sit down with him, it's like you've got to bring the best offer you have to do all your research because the likelihood of ever being able to sit down with him ever again is pretty much zero.
1: Yeah, it's like Shark Tank.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, but you on Shark Tank you can come back, right? You yeah, can come I back agree. you can come back here too. Yeah. Um, whereas something like that, so imagine how much difference the pitches you would get if everyone said knew that it's like cool, if you ever get a opportunity to pitch Ashley you have one opportunity only and then if she says no you can never pitch her again like you get a completely different scenario a different kettle of fish yeah. and that's why there's I think the importance on doing your research knowing what you're doing for that opportunity because again who knows if in a year's time maybe you've got too many things coming in you can't and you can't respond to them and you don't even get a chance to check them yeah so for anyone that's listening it's like do your research put in the effort first if you're going to do something give yourself the best chance of success and that's that's by knowing all the stuff we're talking about.
1: Yeah, and I'm so glad that you brought this up because this is something I think about what can you say to cut through the noise? What can you do that's going to make your email stand out to me? Use emojis in your subject line. Like make, someone wrote me an email once asking if they could send me something. They, and their headline was, I love your eyebrows. I must know who does them. And it had emojis in it. And it was just something I've never seen it before. And I immediately clicked on it. The emojis grabbed my attention and it made me giggle. I thought it was really great and warming. There was no expectation. This person just wanted to send me a piece of their jewelry. And she said, you don't have to post. I don't want that. I just would be so happy knowing that you own a piece of my jewelry. And I was like, wow, happy to do that because there's no strings attached. And I just felt like she yeah, really appreciated me as a person. And so I was like, yeah, I agreed to it. Um, and I ended up sending her a selfie, like, so she could use it on her page just to say, thank you. Um, So, it's just thinking outside of the box and what you can say because influencers are receiving DMs, emails every single day and I know for a fact that influencers don't always read their emails or get through all of their DMs. Like if I have a story that unexpectedly goes off that day and I get hundreds of replies to that DM, I'm not going to see yours and then it's just going to be pushed back and it gets lower in the bunch and Instagram doesn't always load all the DMs as well. So, even though it says... You've now emptied your inbox. That inbox is never empty for me. <laughs> I, and I and my audience know how hard I try. That's one thing I pride myself in: is trying to get back to everyone. Uh, but it is impossible to do it all. Um, so try and yeah, cut through the noise. Think think how you can connect with that influencer that you want to work with and use that as your one shot. I'm, gl- I'm so glad you put it that way and I really hope that that resonates with everyone listening. Yeah, no,
0: I, 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 I like that, like exactly what you're sharing, there. that's spot on. So for someone as well, if they are, obviously you're slightly different in that you have management. So really it's like they can connect with that and that side's taken care of. If someone's maybe working with an influencer that doesn't have that aspect, so they're sending an email, sending a DM, how much follow-up is too much follow-up? Like, what, what, uh, Is there a point where you're like, Look, I didn't respond to you like, leave me alone or you know what I mean? Is there a point where that threshold is broken for someone following up?
1: I'm all for a follow up, but it can become quite stressful when let's say you wanted to engage with me, Kim, and you send me an email, but then you immediately send me a DM and comment on one of my photos saying, hey, I've just sent you an email and then you're like writing on everything to try and get my attention that puts a lot of pressure on because it's like I'm.
0: I could be in the middle of doing something. Yeah, completely different. I'm
1: already doing ten other things that day, and ten other people have also asked me to do something else. But every single little task that I get asked to put my focus on, it can be really overwhelming all at once. So that that makes me not want to read my email. I'm like, oh, I know that that's waiting there. That's why I try not to check my phone first thing in the mornings because if I see in my DMs that something starts with, "Hey Ashley, can you?" Da-da-da-da-da? People always want something from me, so I then know, okay, well, now when I go into my DMs, like people, yeah, which I enjoy doing, I, I love to respond to that. But yeah, you don't need to like bombard every single part of the platform to get the influencers' attention. So, if you send them an email let it sit there, maybe give it like two to three business days because not every influencer does this full-time like I do. Some have full-time jobs, some have kids and they may not get a chance to get to their emails until 11 o'clock at night once everyone's in bed and dishes are done and everything's packed away, they're ready to go. So yeah, think about those things, who they are like and show by looking at their... um, their page and if you're getting to understand who they are and, you know, do they have a family or what what's their routines like, um, you'll be able to say, okay, like that's probably why she's got a lot going on right now. Cause you know, we don't always put everything on Instagram. Yeah. You don't know what the hell's going on that day for someone in the background. And so, yeah, if they don't respond in maybe two days, then maybe that's, that's when you send the DM like, Hey, just letting you know that I re- sent you an email. I uh, would love to hear from you. Just letting you know, in case it's gone to your junk mail, that's all. Can't wait to hear back. Easy. Yeah. Like it, it's friendly, it's warm, um, and then it's giving them the opportunity. Um, but yeah, I even had a case recently where someone's just gone and spammed all over like my last six images. Like, I've sent you an email. I don't check my emails on weekends. That's my time off. I'm on Instagram five days a week. And so let me have my weekend off. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. So, don't, so go back there and don't comment or rush your stuff, <laughs> guys. Give us some space.
1: Because I will. Because my thing is, I do get back to you. And if you've just followed me there and then, and then you and you want my attention just because my business is online doesn't mean i'm available 24 7.
0: and let me ask you then a question as a sidebar to that kind of slightly outside of the conversation what are your thoughts on then like automation automated responses for people that are getting those high levels of like incoming requests and whatnot what are your thoughts on the automation aspect of like the instagram dm management and things like that
1: i personally am against automation in dms i even get annoyed when businesses have them but i understand when businesses have them so i shouldn't say i get annoyed but i understand it but it's like oh like you think you're getting a response and then it's like hi it's ashley jade (laughs) and then you see it even though you've just been talking to that person in dms you're getting that instant it just feels very cold I don't know it's I don't know there's, there's no warmth there it doesn't feel welcoming and I like to welcome people into my community I want people to feel like they can ask me questions and so if I set up automation replies I don't think that will be received well from my audience they would feel like I'm not approachable anymore and I want people to know that I am approachable
0: so you prefer the, the like slight delay as in yeah. like a cool 24-hour response rather than a automated
1: yeah. Comm- yeah yeah
0: what about for delivery of a resource so let's just say that you've put together a guide for businesses and how to work with influencers yeah and you put in your bio so that they can have it at any time it's like hey dm me influence and i'll flick you across um a pdf that has everything that you need okay from that perspective yay nay
1: yeah that's so because you're giving something and so you that that's a prompt that's like you know, your freebie. So, I think that's a little bit different. But if it was, if someone was just reaching out to you to engage with you, it was just to have a chat. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest having an automated uh, response. But if it was, for what you've just said, yes, yeah, then that's a completely different scenario because you're giving them something, they are guaranteed to get that thing from you.
0: Okay, cool, 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 just mm-hmm. checking. Yeah. yeah. One, one of the partners that we have is a company called ManyChat, yeah. who we do a lot of stuff with, and they've just released their Instagram automation. So they do Messenger bots on Facebook Messenger, okay. and now they're doing the same on Instagram. But it is basically triggered off of keyword responses, uh, can be triggered off story tags and story hashtags ah, as
1: well. okay.
0: Yeah, so that's why I was just Curious. I was like, mm, I'm going to about to go tell some clients to do some stuff with that. Am I going to yeah. be uh, going against things if I do that, <laughs> uh, just to get the you know the influencer version and, and world and and feedback on that? So, yeah, yeah. okay, cool. Now that's that's good to know because uh, yeah, it's because obviously as well. If you if you're someone who does have a, a decent amount of influence and to say that you did release something like that, I can imagine it would be a pretty big task to try and respond to every single person. Yeah, that, absolutely.
1: That does well, that's that good through. to know as well. If if I were to set up a freebie and they were to so what. So let's say if I had a freebie on my bio and like DM me um freebie for the freebie, and then they, they write freebie, then does the link automatically send to them?
0: Yeah, so okay. it, would, it would automatically respond and be like, cool, this is the, like, here is the PDF URL yeah. or whatever, and then obviously, depending on some businesses, if they want to, they could also prompt to say, and tap here to leave your email, and I'll also email it to yeah, you.
1: Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, the, I, I'm all for that because it's, you know, you're giving back, you're giving them something, but if it was just, hey, reaching out, like, hey, or do they ask me a question responding to a story and then they got an automated response that you would feel shut down and like oh yeah
0: yeah no I like that not, yeah not I've, fine. there's a few that I know that I've responded to lately and then every time even though I'm like I've been in a conversation with them earlier in that day and then I respond to them on something and then it's like, oh, thank you for messaging, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like,
1: oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: it's just annoying. I was like, oh, they're so quick at responding. No.
1: But I do I do appreciate when businesses have it because, and I think it's great because it's setting that boundary because I see so many small businesses who are wearing themselves thin thinking they have to be available to all of their potential customers because people are so impatient and they want everything now and then because everything is at the you know, the palm of our fingertips right now. So, I'm I'm glad to see that more businesses are putting that automated response, like we'll get back to you within 24 hours. I think, yeah, you you should be able to pick
0: your battles. Yeah. We've had clients in the past that have spent after their work day as you mentioned like and they're like hair salons and whatnot four to five hours in Facebook Messenger and Instagram DMs responding to people for potential clients and stuff like that. And it's that's
1: around the clock. Yeah. It doesn't stop. And
0: that's why I do like the automation especially if you're as you say a business where obviously you have a connection but it's not I'm not expecting to speak to a person kind of like from your brand perspective. I like that because for those people it's say like if I can help them save four or five hours a day when someone's like cool oh, they're, they're literally the DM is like, cool. Oh, do you like? Can I get my hair done on Friday? And it's like, great. That could be automated. Yeah. That doesn't need to have the personal interaction from that aspect. Or it's like, oh, What's your prices? It's like, oh, like, well, number one, you could have gone to my website and got it. But <laughs> yeah, let me automatically. Say that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, different different scenarios, different folks, different strengths.
0: That's true. That is true. Now, Ash, as we get towards the end of our chat together, uh, I always like to ask the same question at the end, which is, is there a question that I should have asked you? I didn't.
1: Oh, this is a great question. Does everyone say that? (laughs) And then they don't know what to say. (laughs) Um, A question that you should ask me was, how did I get into it? How did I become an influencer? How, How did... That start out for me because I think a lot of people might assume that, you know, everything was handed to me on a silver platter or that I've just picked up a phone Your and You're Mark started... Zuckerberg's cousin. Yeah. We
0: know. We know the inside tips, but, you
1: know? No. Um get like I, I I started out on Facebook. I did slightly mention it earlier, but um I was being kind of bullied in a way from friends on Facebook and from when I was sharing modeling photos and everything. And I wanted to keep it separate because I was like, No, I see my vision for myself and I will if I I created a Facebook page, it was when Facebook pages first jumped on and so I was like if I get on that and I just put all my content on there then it keeps it separate they don't have to like the page and you have to see it great and so on Facebook every single day I would post multiple times I grew a following and it went gangbusters it one day became a recommended page and then it just blew up overnight I was traveling at the time and I thought someone had actually bought me followers but people were screenshot showing that my name came underneath the status bar where it had recommended pages and being a It was right at the start. So, I was like, what is going on? So, it was amazing, but it just, it happened so quickly. It was really overwhelming and quite scary. And I'm like, oh, I feel seen by so many people. Um, So, my point here being is that if anyone doubts you in what you're wanting to do, you may have a vision for yourself, but just do what you need to do to cut through that and if you if you want to achieve something, do what you need to do to stand out and think outside the box. It wasn't until I then made a page that other people then thought, huh, well, she's made a page and then I saw everyone else or the, the pageant girls start making pages for themselves and it was how I got opportunity. Then Instagram came about. I then moved straight over to Instagram. A lot of that following came over to there and then it's continued to grow. So, every time something comes up, I, I, I look for opportunities. I... I, I search for them. I put myself in positions that I wouldn't quite normally like to to grow and to get that opportunity that I yeah wouldn't normally put my hand up for because it scares the hell out of me like podcasts. <laughs> I love it. But, You've done a great job. But <laughs> or being on TV or public speaking all of those things because it's what's gotten myself out there and and yeah no one else is going to do the work for you you have to do it yourself
0: I love that and now for anyone that's been listening whether they be a business whether they be an influencer whether they be someone who just wants to know where to buy cool hats <laughs> where, where should they connect with you online what's the best place
1: come over to my Instagram it's Ashley Jade I'm going to spell it out if that's okay it's I-T-S A-S-H L-E-I-G H-J-A-D-E that's my name. Uh, follow me on Instagram. All my links are in my bio. And um, if you do want to connect with me and chat via email, is preferred.
0: There you go, guys. So if you're wherever you're listening or watching this, check the show notes. We'll have a link to um, Ashley's profile there. You can connect with her, and we'll also include her email in case you want to reach out and chat. And if you know someone who maybe they're a business that's been investigate investigating in influencers, maybe they are an influencer themselves. Please share this episode with them. Get this in their hands so that they can listen in. Uh, watch in and really find out a little bit more about this whole world and sphere of influencing. Ashley, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it.